0: from 14 points down, under the master, find a way. They find a way, in trouble but not gone.
1: Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of professional punters. I'm your host, Scoot, and I'm joined by MG, the kid. We're up and about, or at least I'm up and about this week, find a way, and didn't the Hawks find a way? I am absolutely back. I was down a bottle or a litre of Grey Goose and we doubled or nothing and I'm out of jail. Mark Goodwill, welcome to the show. It
2: was unfortunate because I'd uh, started sipping into my bottle of Goose at (laughs) half time uh, after you texted me and said, now you're up two. So uh, I'm actually minus one bottle because I finished it in the second half, watching Essendon, uh, just deplorable in the second half. They are in for a long year.
1: Mm, It was a game of two halves and I was there at the game and, pardon me. The $2 pies were absolutely sensational. and is doing a nice little welcome back to the fans, $2. But everything else is pretty expensive there. But I managed to drink <laughs> about 10 schooners behind the glass in the medallion club. And we didn't even bother going to our seats. We just had pole position right in line with the uh, the centre bounce there. And I did see Stephen Hawking walk past a couple of times. And lucky there was a panel of glass between us, that's for sure. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you're a brave man. I did uh, contact you at half time just to make sure you hadn't left the building already. But uh, <laughs> you did say the game wasn't over and uh, you were just going to sip the beers and see how the second half played out. And uh, I'll tell you what, you're all over the Texas in the last quarter, and uh, it was a good effort to get up. Unfortunate for the uh, the sting punters, couldn't get the one to thirty nine, which uh, they were cheering the other way at half time, trying to keep them uh, yeah, in the one to thirty nine, then up the game the other way. So uh, sometimes it doesn't roll for the punters.
1: Yeah, it was an interesting play. You've, you sort of got a little bit greedy there. You didn't want to take the dollar ninety line, the plus two and a half, that could have saved you, but then you've gone for the two sixty. I think long term, I'd like your angle there. Something a little bit different and Yeah, I can remember a uh, professional punter from Tasmania named George who used to absolutely smash me around when I was a bookmaker on those uh, 40-plus margins and, and margins on The Outsider. Notable omission today, Darcy Spinks. We've absolutely killed her. We've had the Money Valley Knights, the SA boys want a hat full of money, but Darcy... One live stream and she's she's out of the country. Well, she's not out of the country. She's gone to Brisbane.
2: Yeah, she's missing in action. Uh, Last time we did see her was Friday night. Uh, She was getting swamped by the live audience. Yeah, she put in a request Monday to little birdie HR department (laughs) that she needed a rest for the week and she's headed north.
1: I think about five or six guys tried to get a number or gave her their number, at least.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, uh, (laughs) she gave the old trick. She gave mine out. (laughs) You've been copying it, have you? And uh, got a few strange calls on the Saturday. So uh, thanks for that, Dar. It was good.
1: No slipper. I rang you uh, Saturday morning and you were in the cab on the way to the airport. It was a miracle of life that I'd actually woken up. And I've, I rang you and I said, Mark, you got to turn around, mate. The uh, the races are off. PVL and the boys up there, they've pulled the pin at, I don't know what, 10 to 8 on Saturday morning. Ridiculous.
2: Yeah, it wasn't kind, uh Backing up from the Friday night, I was uh, a little dusty after having a few beers. Uh, Was arriving at the airport and you've called me. I thought uh, you were going to uh, give me some instructions for the day and you've told (laughs) me to turn around and go back to sleep. So... um, had to deal with all the uh, airlines and the hotels before the races and the footy kicked off Saturday. So, oh well, we we'll do it all again this week.
1: At least as COVID has softened, all the airlines and they've got a little bit of wriggle room um, for requests like that. And I think the racing people would have just torn the hotel down if there wouldn't wasn't wasn't any sort of refund. So you're back up at the slipper this week, and I guess the upside was you watched a lot of footy. It was a, you've gone wall to wall in. Uh, the football, but I guess you've missed all the early part of the round. You were absolutely on fire. You're all over Richmond. They got a backdoor cover. Uh, the Western Bulldogs, you've been spruiking for weeks. That was sensational. They look up at about well, oh, their premiership odds have have shrunk. I think they've been thirteen dollars into nine fifty off the back of one win. All of a sudden, the market yeah. started to clue on, and I did see some footage of Jamar Hagen just yes, absolutely so. takes, screamers. He kick, kick five didn't he? in the resis. Yeah, wasn't he good? Yeah. He's going to be. I can just see him getting cuddled for the first couple of weeks, and then he, he'll be a nice spark up forward. Surely they have to play him this year, don't they? Well, I think in the ones. there's an
2: extra motivation. Unfortunately, with Rao going down for the uh, for the rising star, mm. uh, your and might uh, take centre stage in the betting there he might be uh, a big chance to win it now so um he the way he's tracking he will get some games i just think they'll they'll still take the soft approach with him um but you know if the forms there um you know they're still struggling for goals a little i think that mm. was a uh, wasn't a great standard game the on friday night of what we saw about it um so they might need some more offence and he'll be in soon they'll they'll definitely give him a run but uh I will give, uh, it was good tipping a winner on the Friday night being in a live audience. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: everyone wanted to speak to you, there was pats on the back. Uh, I didn't realise that at the time that, you know, it didn't line up with the event and if Colin would have got up, I might have had a few kicks in the shins, so um, it was positive that the, the Bulldogs got the win and I got out alive in Murney Valley, it was good.
1: Mm, and you set limped over the line, you showed a profit for the first week.
2: Yeah, just limped in. Uh, was spoken about Essen. That was that was probably a, a decent swing for yeah. us. That uh, would have made it a nice solid week. Uh, pun has got to show, but overall the markets moved our way. Uh, thought we read it pretty well for a round one, which is a bit of guesswork involved. Um, so you know we move on to round two now.
1: Hmm. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, a, a new segment. or We might start You know, each show with a sting in the tail. We've sort of already done it, but we just haven't given the segment a name. So it's a little bit of a, a, a venting session for us. We'll call it Sting in the Tail. Mark's the AFL stings, and he can sort of bounce back and forth with me on, I guess, the big issues of the day. We, well, the week, sorry. We yeah. won't go too far into it because a lot of it's been done in uh, mainstream media talk. But the umpires, I thought the umpires, especially in the Essendon Hawthorne game, and I was with surrounded by Essendon supporters... They were pretty, pretty average, I would have thought. Any line ball call inside 50, Essendon got a lot of, um, a lot of cheapies, I would have thought.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I'm not into necessarily umpire bashing as a general rule. I understand the role they've got in the game and stuff. I, I think it's more centered around how not only Steve Hawking but the AFL set them up. And I think that's the disappointing aspect. They just demand too much of the umpires Mm. in what is a very difficult game to process. Um, And it's a faster moving game now. So the umpires, in theory, of what their feedback is, is they always say how hard it is to umpire at the best of times. Now they've got a faster game and you're putting in rules that they've got to make judgment calls on. So I just don't understand, you know, they're almost setting the umpires up to fail and they build, in my opinion, they build the crowd's angst against the umpires and I don't think it's great theatre for the game, no. um, because the conversations a lot of the time when games finish is a crucial. For or against decision that can decide games, and it's more, and that sets up the umpire bashing. Yeah. So I don't understand why the AFL make their job, job harder. harder. It yep. just doesn't make sense. I'd rather games walk away, especially fans, Hawthorne or Essendon, walk away from that game, what a game. saying, What a game. Mm. Hawthorne obviously got away with the win. Essendon disappointed they go with a big lead. But let's not talk about any umpiring decisions that, you know, 50 metre penalties or dropping the balls or, or that could decide the game.
1: A clear example for me was GWS versus St Kilda. That late bump. And I think Cal Ward tried to kick it. He was in the motion of kicking. He got bumped. There's a couple of angles there. So, it's play on. Well, it should have been probably play on. But then again, with this new head clash thing with Dangerfield that we can talk on a little bit, well, if he bumps heads and he's bumped, well, he should probably look at weeks. But then all of a sudden, the umpire's given it as a free kick. Like, it's going to be very c- confusing,
2: isn't it? Yeah, well, now it's... Um, I'm confused. Yeah, well, I mean, how we, we spoke about this earlier, how minute it comes down to now is that he gives the bumpy. He was lucky to get the free kick. The umpire, actually, uh, the AFL actually come out and admitted, which is rare, that they made a mistake. Um, but, you know, if he head clashes in that situation based on what we've seen with mm. Dangerfield, um, you know, does Ward get the free kick and then St Kilda maybe don't win the game? Instead, he gets the free kick and kicks a sealer and he's on the, on the, the hero side of, of uh, St Kilda. So it's, it's very hard to judge. And again, I just think the, the rules are making it uh, very difficult and the fans get the angst from it. And still from that game, Himmelberg, they've got the, the missed shot there. Yeah, the goal kicking, um, listen, I just don't understand the goal kicking in AFL and you know I'm not alone here. This has been going on for too long, and I think pretty much you know you can see it from at least the last 10 years and probably for the 2000s onwards, that for whatever reason, um, the coaches collectively refuse to acknowledge whenever they're asked about this, we get the same feedback. It's a fitness staff, it's a quick ambles. They don't want to you know take any responsibility for it. Now, if I'm a coach with a team, that kicks poorly, like Melbourne last year, Essendon last year, and you miss the eight, and you go back and review mm. the the year. What what what's the difference in not getting there? It's it's kicking. Yeah, you know, and and Essendon, you could argue that Harrison Jones he missed, I don't know, maybe two or three shots that
1: were absolutely critical. Essendon nearly kicked himself out of the contest. If he kicks a couple of those goals, it's a different story, and Essend win the game. Yeah,
2: you, I mean, yeah, you're getting into a first gamer. Uh, he, he looked you know, nervous. He did look nervous, but he's a first gamer. Mm. And, he, he, you know, he obviously wanted to, you know, kicking the first goal is a big thing in AFL. I don't think his kicks were that um, that bad. Like, he kicked them straight. He was dismissing. It was like a you drunken pot.
0: Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> Deer in the headlights, like Very you said. kind. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I'd look at more hooker's miss, was mm. crucial. You know, I mean, top of the square, seriously, 15 metres out. You know, it's like a golfer missing a foot putt, you know. I mean, we walk around the golf course and, you know, you love the gimmies inside a foot. It's it's the <laughs> same on. as an AFL footballer. Seriously, kicking a goal inside 20 metres, yeah. unless you're on the boundary. And even if you're on the boundary, seriously, I mean, why do these guys want to kick the ball 50 metres when they're next to the point post?
1: Mm.
2: The ball has to go eight to ten metres over the goal umpire's hat. Yeah. So why do they pull out the driver? I just don't understand this, and they do it all the time. Mm. So what? Where's the coaching coming to these players if they can't work it out themselves? Yep. The forward coach, the head coach, whoever's directing this, it's a chip shot. Mm. Why do they need to kick it third row of the stands? I just don't understand it. So over the weekend we had, you know, we had Hooker, Himmelberg, uh, Rioli missed some from uh, Richmond, even Martin, and then Harry McKay, well Harry McKay playing on. Uh, late in the third quarter When they're three points down Unbelievable From what Inside five or seven metres Yep As a full forward You can't go back And kick that goal
1: well, and, I, and I saw it Like a similar situation And it scared the absolute life out of me It was when Tim O'Brien took that um, that late mark, and then all of a sudden I see him going to like snap it around the corner. If you're playing forward, I'm sorry, if you're on that angle, you should just be going back and, as you say, chipping it over the top, and it should just be an absolute layup. It should be like a free throw in the NBA circles. But like, what you look at it at golf. Do you reckon they practice their putting? Yeah. Putting's the most crucial part of the game. Tennis, you know about that. The yep. serve, yep. how crucial is a big serve in tennis? It's yeah. Up.
2: yeah, I mean, you don't hear Roger Federer saying he lost a game because he hasn't practiced his serving throughout a tournament. Um golfers are exactly the same. I mean, when they finish rounds, they go back out and practice again. And the AFL footballs are reporting saying they're maybe not getting 20 kicks at goal during a week. Mm. And their job as a forward is to what? Kick goals. Yeah, and Ryan Pappenhausen, he's seamlessly taken over the kicking in the Melbourne Storm. So it
1: goes to show that if you put the extra work into your kicking, you're going to get the results. Like These guys are yeah. w- well below par. And I think it's absolutely a great point that you talk about. Yeah. Let's, let's quickly talk about the danger field rule. Marking contest. there's going to be occasions where players tackle that accidentally um, headbutt another player when people get rammed into another player. it's They've opened Pandora's box here. I don't know how they're going to continue to police this without getting fans yeah. really riled up here. It's going to be so inconsistent, and I just hope it doesn't cost a side of premiership or a key player, key finals. But I guess they, they're, they're rules on the run, AFL. So yeah. once it gets to a critical stage when... You know, If this was Dangerfield in round 22, would he have copped a fine or a week or gotten off or what happens there? Because well, it's, what, I it's know a dog's
2: what, breakfast yeah. at the moment. I know what happened in round 22 and it'll probably happen this week anyway. But Dangerfield, uh, if Geelong were going into the finals round 22, he'd the, appeal he, he'd and, he'd, and he'd get let off for sure. Mm. Um, because there's no way they would uh, leave Dangerfield out of the finals. Um, and he'll probably appeal today. I, you know, can't imagine Dane Defield, He loves being on the front and back pages. of the, He loves his head on the TV. So um, he'll he'll pay the ten thousand himself just so he can plead his case again. Um, whether he gets off, it'll probably it might even be downgraded. They might just you know look after him a bit and call it one or two weeks. Um, mm-hmm. You know, th- th- they've made the statement now. On appeal, they might just downgrade it a little, give him one or two, and you Here's know the soften president. the approach again. That's what they do. But um, yeah, listen, and this ties in. Um, with the Dangerfield incident, with the, the medical sub-rule, mm. which was talked about, and I know all the media and everything, and we've heard a lot of coaches afterwards saying, oh, yeah, there's a really good rule and stuff. The only reason the coaches like the rule is because they're not a man down and they don't have to coach harder to fill gaps and change their game plans and stuff. You, mm. know, play, you know, if they were serious about player welfare, mm. then why aren't strategies taking place where all players ha- are forced to wear helmets? Yep. Like if the concussion rule... Is, is so detrimental to the game and the players afterwards, and what guys like um, Peter old oh, the ex player manager, is is campaigning for. Mm. Then, how come? I, I've, I've heard nothing in the media. I'm not sure if, whether you want to weigh in on this. Have you ever heard mandatory helmets as being an option? No. It's I've never been trialled at any stage. And, you know, I mean, wouldn't that be the first? You know, I mean, in COVID, we were forced to wear face masks mm. late, but, you know, surely the helmets is, is is along those lines. And if we're looking after the head, and this is a 360-degree game, and unfortunately head clashes are going to occur. Yeah, exactly. Now, whether you thought Dangerfield meant it or not, or you should have tackled or whatever, head clashes are going to occur, and we saw many of them during the first round, and they'll end up being 50 to 100 over the season. Hmm. So my question is to the AFL, how come helmets aren't, aren't compulsory? Or, or trial
1: them in the offseason? Correct. They trial everything else, and then... Move the rules on the run as is. So maybe the players need to look at that. But I don't know. There'd be probably a fair bit of blowback from the players. I, I know as a young kid, I didn't really want to wear a helmet.
2: And... No, that's true. But are we? Are, you know, are we about protecting the head? You mm. can't. You can't get on TV or try to campaign that saying. You know, player welfare and protecting the heads paramount and stuff. Coaches trotted out at every media conference mm. they can. Then how come players aren't protected by wearing some form of headgear? Mm. Surely that's a quick. You know, a quick fix. Well, um, yeah. It's a funny one, and they've got the 12-day rule with a
1: concussion. Is that just like pluck from thin air? You know it is.
2: <laughs> what what's the medical science at 12 days? Surely it's uh it's it's player to player. Um, you know you can't tell me uh you know a McCartan who's had a lot of concussions if he if he came back for example and got a concussion this year he only has to sit out 12 days, you know as opposed to a player who's never had concussion gets the gets the same treatment. I I, I just don't think that equates. I, I don't think you can have one rule for for everyone and I don't think they're they're strong enough on this stance either. Um, you know, I, I think you know, if you get one concussion in a year, I think it should be it could be medical medically more three to four weeks, and I would say if you get two concussions out for the year, yeah. should you should you sit out the rest of the year?
1: Side away. I yeah. mean,
2: if it's that damaging to the human brain, are we looking after it or not? And if you're not built for AFL and you keep getting concussions, then unfortunately the game's not yeah, for you. Exactly. You know?
1: What about Matt Real? His injuries. Unlucky. It seemed pr- seemed pretty in- like innocuous. Maybe he's not built for the rigors of AFL.
2: No, some players aren't. I mean, you see a lot of a lot of top rated kids coming in from junior footy and they dominate because they can't get tackled, they don't get touched, mm. um, you know. And then when they get into against bigger bodies and men, and you know they're they're falling on differently, which is what Rao was. And this is a you know it looked pretty innocuous at the time. Um, and I thought it was more his ankle when he actually first mm. got rolled up on. And he ends up doing his knee. So bad luck for the kid because everyone wants to see him play after what he did last year. And now it looks like he's got to sit out for half of this year. And unfortunately with that, I think the Gold Coast uh, years, um, their chances of making the finals are done.
1: Mm. The, uh, the M word, you, you mentioned it before, masks. The masks are off in Melbourne on Friday. <laughs> not sure why they've still been on. It is farcical really. But we had 50,000 last week. And then five days later, we can have 75,000. Why not 100,000? This is just absolutely crazy. We we're, we're thinking about or trying to get to the bull for the races, and they've got a twelve thousand cap per day down at the bull. But they're They're just make yeah. pulling numbers
2: out of thin air, aren't yeah. they? Well, you saw your two mates Gomo and uh, and Gill having beers at the footy the other day. So uh, I guess their policies are the same. You know, they just go on the run, decide whatever they want. Who who knows how they're heeding advice? But two weeks apart to have basically a crowd of fifty thousand at the G and after next week, it'll be 75, and then the week after, it'll be open slathered to 100. What is, What is the difference? Mm. And what is the difference about going to a game where there's 50,000 to 100? If you walk past someone, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Mm.
1: It's uh, it's crazy. And you've got all the, the... When I went to the games, all the gates and everything is sectioned off. So they can can control the limited crowd and the flower crowd. But again, like I walk past people outside. I've never seen more police when I've crossed the the bridge there from the train station at at Spencer Street to then go into Gate 9 at the Medallion Club last week. There was cops everywhere. I I think I've passed 20 cops, and I've never seen that. So I'm not sure what they're doing there. Everyone was, you know, hunky-dory. But the over-policing, yeah, I just couldn't get my head around. But the crowd thing, 100%. The clubs vitally need this money, and all the fans are desperate to go. Another thing that I that I don't like at the moment is the AFL have only put the times in until round six. Like, that's crazy. In the NRL, they've scheduled the whole year. And hats off to them, Peter Volandis, NRL. They've got one up on the AFL here. Tried to book a interstate flight to figure out when I was going to go watch the game. I nearly accidentally just assumed that the time was correct and I could have been flying home at halfway of the game. It would have been a complete disaster for the kids and, and, and uh, my old man, but... No-one can plan anything, and the country's sort of going backwards for tourism dollar, and we can't move overseas. We're sort of locked in our own country. We want to get around the country and spend some money to help everyone out, but we can't do it because the AFL are, what, waiting for the WA government? What's the answer there? Uh, I don't know, but the, you're not going to get real critique because no. the Fox footy stuff with Dangerfield, the way they've handled that, it's yeah. it's a closed shop it's, meeting there.
2: It's a bit lazy on the AFL side. Um, it's a shocker. You know, to, to do the fixture for the whole year um is i'm not saying it's an easy thing to do but they do it every year they could have just rolled out the the fixture and then if COVID happens then they readjust they've got to go the other way you know they've got to encourage everyone to get to games and plan as you said you know you want to you know people families and that want to do school holidays and everything around they want to book in tickets and and go and as you were doing the other day you said there was a one o'clock game i can make a five o'clock flight I, I thought on. the, one o- <laughs> the 1 o'clock game was a bit weird and then the whole round was uh, on the same day at 1 o'clock. So I think it's a bit unusual. I think um, the AFL could easily just put out the whole season and if COVID uh, does take hold of the fixture again, then they just revert back. I think that's a much easier process, but that's that's the AFL's approach. We can't do much about it. Apparently it's coming out round four, Yeah, did you say, the yeah, next block? Round
1: four is the next block of time. Yeah.
2: So. so then it only allows you two or three weeks. And
1: then all uh, the flights are pretty much... Yeah. gone gone to bugger anyway so you probably can't go. Anyway, Another issue to solve there for the AFL. But uh, we're going to have a look, at, a quick look at round one. What did the upsets mean? We've got round two AFL. MG is going to go through the blockbuster games. We've got NRL, Top Rope Padeshi, and a cracking hall of fame this week. And then the guys are going to talk about their lock of the week. Only Mark landed the first blow. Richmond Tigers, $1.33 and a dollars And Top Rope, he, uh, he was on the steal a little bit. He needs a stallion chain this week. He tipped the Warriors, which went over. It's going to be a big show. And we're brought to you by Topsport.com com.au They're family owned and run for over 30 years the merlehan family up at the gold coast do a fabulous job they are the biggest betting bookie make sure you check them out and give them a go they will not reject your bets they are doing the right thing by the punters and make sure you support them up next we'll talk afl Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting. I'm your host, Scoot, and I've got MG, the kid, reviewing AFL round one action. Richmond Carlton, first thoughts on that game?
2: Yeah, we, we, it was actually read pretty good looking back at the uh, the podcast, of feedback that we got. Uh, Richmond just got the job done and pretty much landed on the line. The line closed 25, and, and that's actually what they won on. I know they got a couple eight goals, but they just looked like they had a gear, and um, Carlton played pretty well. Mm. I, I like Carlton going forward. Richmond would disown them. Yeah, when they get back to full strength, definitely
1: Carlton look good. What about Collingwood Western Bulldogs there? We touched upon it just earlier, but yeah. um, a bit,
2: bit substandard, the actual contest, but there's a lot to like about the Bulldogs. Yeah, I think um, my, my early take on Collingwood and probably going back from last year, I just think they drag sides now down to a low level and I would expect Collingwood to play in a lot of low scoring games mm-hmm. this year. So I think the Bulldogs were maybe a bit restricted and Collingwood would try not to get blown out maybe. Yep. So... It's not a good form game, in my opinion. Um, I'm worried about Collingwood, but the Bulldogs going forward, they should be okay. And the D's ground out a win against Frio, wasn't a great standard. No, this is probably one of the worst standard games for the <laughs> week. Uh, I know it's round one, so we'll, we'll, we'll give them a pass. But uh, yeah, watching this replay, was uh, there was a bit of fast-forwarding going on because a lot of turnovers uh, both average sides for mine.
1: Now, a little bit of a mistake here, perhaps. Adelaide Crows. You've tipped them up for the spoon and all of a sudden, bang, (laughs) they've come out and beat the Cats. How does that happen and what does it actually mean? Do you take much into that?
2: Uh, Well, I do because uh, I've (laughs) taken Adelaide under six and a half wins for the year and I've given up one to the second favourite, so... It's not an ideal start for me and even watching the game, I thought Geelong were going to get over them and even near the end they still had a chance. Adelaide just played out of their mind for long enough to hang on Uh, and uh, unbelievable upset at home. They'll be buoyed by that win in Geelong against Brisbane this week. Um, They'll have to bounce back.
1: Mm, they've got a couple of problems now, don't they, Geelong? They've got uh, Dangerfield and then Cameron.
2: Cameron's hamstring, yeah. Cameron's
1: hamstring. What about Brisbane-Sydney? Another amazing upset. I was at the Hawthorne-Essen game and couldn't
2: believe my eyes. Yeah, for, uh, this was a high-standard game for mine. Very good form rating. Um, I thought both sides played really well. Sydney played unbelievable. Real high rating for mine. Um, and a big win going up to Brisbane. And I look forward to see how uh, Sydney back it up this week, mm. their young players. Two on the trot and Buddy back? Uh Buddy, yeah, he might lift him. It'll be interesting to see the young players if they get around Buddy if they uh you know grow another grow another leg, go another gear. It'll be
1: interesting to see how he goes with the fifty metre rule because I saw a couple of times. You'll run
2: straight past the man on the mark, <laughs>
1: well, won't he? Exactly. So like when if the man on the mark's on the fifty line, Buddy will just be on the arc on the move and then hit that extra five or or you know, eight metres that he can creep. He yeah. could kick a heap more goals.
2: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see the big bud back. Uh, he's obviously on in age, but um, no, it'd be a good week this week. It'd be a good game to watch too, I reckon. Kanga's Port Adelaide.
1: I really fear for kangaroos. I saw one of their absolute stalwarts. I think it was like a statistician who had been working for the club for the last like 20 years, and he basically he tweeted out and said, hang your head in shame, kangaroo supporters. Only 13,000 rocked up to kangaroos port. I can't blame them for not turning up, but it's going to be a bleat year for the rules, isn't it?
2: Yeah, they've got problems on and off the field. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the on, which we'll concentrate, they were, um, listen, they had a crack. They just don't have the manpower. And unfortunately, you know, um, that, that's one of the best sides they can put out. So as a year goes on, um, you know, maybe the bookies had this right, having them so short for the wooden spoon now that uh, Adelaide have got one on the books. I just can't see the Kangaroos getting too many wins. Um, Port just done, done what they had to. They ran away in the second half. With, they've got good signs port.
1: GWS and St Kilda, not a bad win on the road for the Saints, undermanned.
2: Yeah, I thought the standard was pretty good in the wet. It Mm. rained most of the game. Um, Massive win for St Kilda. Uh, We spoke about their injuries going in, and that was probably the slight pot on them. Um, We did mention that GWS aren't a great side in the wet in Mm. last week's preview, so I think that holds true. So just going forward, um, every time GWS play in the wet, I would bet warily. Mm. And
1: then West Coast, Gold Coast, cleared out the round. And, yeah, Matt Rowe was a big talking point out of that one. But um, they got the job done, didn't they, the Eagles? They yeah. looked all right.
2: Yeah, they looked all right. They got the job done. I, I don't think they really got out of a gear. As um, soon as Gold Coast kind of lost Rowe, they are up against it. Um, they just don't have the players to cover Rao, And I think um, they're going to struggle uh, to make the eight this year. Mm. Interesting. Very so that's amazing, uh,
1: amazing upsets there. So you're on fire early, like... Most all. If you weren't backing the first couple of winners, Richmond and the Western Bulldogs and having good bets into those and finding Port and having the Bulls back them at the line, you would have had a really bleak start to the AFL betting round, that's for sure. The last few games were absolutely treacherous and yeah, a couple of funny upsets, so it's going to be interesting to see who bounces back this week. Let's have a look at the blockbuster games as we do each week here. We've got Thursday night, we've got Carlton versus Collingwood at the G Absolute corker here. We've got Magpies at 184, and then we've got Carlton two dollars. The line two and a half, total 164 and a half There, not much movement here.
2: Mark? No, I think. Um, well, I read this game a little different to the books. Uh, sorry, the bookies. I expect uh, actually Carlton a chance to start favourite in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, not a massive call since the line's two and a half. Uh, just going through the game, the way the sides set up. Um, I thought Saad was very damaging for Carlton, and now he will be joined by Zach Williams this week. Um, I just think they're going to have too much leg speed for Carlton, uh, for, for Collingwood. Collingwood. Yep. And just on the way the game should go, with ratings of points and stuff, I just think they'll score outscore them and win the game. So I like Carlton in this game, and uh, I'll be surprised if they don't start favourite come game time. Mm. Could you see a blowout, 40 points? Oh, probably not 40, because I, I, I'm just going to stick with... Uh, the, the thought process that Collingwood are going to play in a lot of low-scoring games. So if I was betting at this stage, I'd probably tend to back the under. I know it's a mid-160s, which is not huge. There's no weather around. I just think they're going to play a lot of low games. Um, I just don't think they play any other way, Collingwood. They mm. struggle up forward. So, but I, I, I like Carlton in this game.
1: A favourite bet type of mine used to be any team under or over 15.5 points. So you can take Carlton by more than 15.5 or Collingwood by more than 15.5 or then either under 15.5. Is that a market that you ever play
2: into? Yes. Yeah, I've got no issue with backing Carlton over 15.5. Same with the 24.5. Depends <laughs> on what you like. And especially if you get a close game, I think... 30-point uh, spread's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, I think the value's, the value's there for you. So, um, yeah, I, I'd bet Carlton with a bit of confidence in this game
1: absolute blockbuster on Friday night. You've got the Cats <coughs> versus the Lions. We've got Geelong dollar sixty one. They're a slight drifter, one fifty nine out to one sixty one. Two thirty five, the Lions, and the Lions eight and a half there. Total one seven and a half. Thoughts here. We've already spoken about the problems for the two Cats. Big outs, yeah, yeah, two big outs. Dangerfield and then Cameron's got the hamstrings, so all of a sudden their forward line is vulnerable.
2: Yeah, I um I'm just gonna wait in this game. I think it's a um I think it might be an interesting betting game with uh, Cameron out. He's a bigger loss than Dangerfield maybe in this game because is out, so all the attention goes to Hawkins. Um, with Andrews playing on Hawkins, um, they might be able to control the forward line a bit better. Um, I think Brisbane at the plus eight represents a bit of value, um, but I'm hesitant to back Ge- uh, against Geelong at home. Their record's too good, and I think that's a fast way of going broke if you want to... Uh, play against the Cats down at the Skilled Stadium. So if I was going to play in this game and you like a team, I'd back the one to 30, 39. Um, and I'd probably just wait and see how Dangerfield shakes out
1: and mm. uh, I think the weather report looks pretty good for Geelong at this stage Friday. I think the weather's going to hit Melbourne on Saturday, and we're getting patchy rain down here. It's nothing like what you see up in Sydney or Brisbane, that is for sure. So maybe staying out of the Geelong Brisbane game. Uh, mark's a little bit under the weather. I was absolutely cactus all last week. There's some sort of like, you know, it's a non COVID flu that's sort of sweeping across Melbourne, <laughs> and every second person that you, you talk to has got it. It's unbelievable. It's not that bad, but it just—it's all this like congestion stuff. So hopefully we uh, we can get through the show, and I—I yeah. I don't kill Mark. The next game that we're going to talk about is the Western Bulldogs versus West Coast. This absolutely <coughs> looks like a corker on uh, on Sunday afternoon. We've got the Bulldogs one sixty, West Coast Eagles two forty. Eight and a half is the line, and one seventy four and a half at Marvel Stadium. This is this is outstanding. I'm going to be home by this
2: stage from yeah, this a little be...
1: trip to Tassie, but um, I'm going to be yeah locked into this match for sure.
2: Yeah, I think this um, could go close to the match of the round for mine. Um, I think uh, both sides are coming in off off uh, okay wins. I don't think they uh, got out of their gears. Um, I, I would lean to the Bulldogs just because they're at home. Um, again, I don't not a big fan in back in West Coast away from home. Uh, the record obviously in Perth is dominant. Mm. Away from ho- home, still patchy. So um, my suggested bet would be maybe leaning to the Bulldogs at the line. Um,
0: mm,
1: it's a small line, isn't it? And points can go on quickly, as we saw last week. I would be
2: backing the overs. Uh, sorry, the unders in this game. Uh, 174 seems a little high, in my opinion. Be a bit fast game, up and down. Um, but I don't think there's a lot of scoring in this game. So 174 is a touch high.
1: Okay, let's look at the final game for the weekend. So it's going to be a blistering start to the AFL, and then the uh, the back half of the games are going to look really good here from a betting perspective. We've got Fremantle versus GWS Giants, 182. The Dockers, 202. The Giants and the line, 2.5. The under over is uh, 161.5. Fremantle coming off uh, a lacklustre performance against Melbourne, and then GWS coming off that uh, that heavy deck there. What's your, what's your thoughts here, Mark?
2: I like GWS in this game, Scoot. I think, uh, again, um, we actually tipped this on the sting yesterday. I sent it out. Just didn't want to miss the price. I think uh, GWS will start, start favourite in the game mm-hmm. against Frio. Um, I don't understand why the bookies have lent Frio. I know they're at home. Um, clearly didn't watch the Frio-Melbourne game or the replay um, to come out with Frio favourite in this game. Really like GWS. Um, I know they're off a a wet track, might be the only Mm. issue, going to a fast deck in Perth. But um, I'd like to have a decent bet in this game that the Giants' favourite come um, post-time.
1: And they're nearly one of your best bets for the weekend, aren't they? GWS.
2: Yeah, this stage would be my top
1: AD, yeah. Outstanding stuff. It's going to be a big, big week of AFL. We're going to uh, jump into a new segment called Buy, Sell, Hold, and This will be a little bit of a look at the futures markets, uh, some players, some teams, and we're going to go through who you should be buying, selling, or holding at this stage. We've obviously, on our first couple of episodes, if you want to switch back to those for the season of the AFL and NRL, we've had a look at all the futures market so if you want to uh, see what we've tipped up for futures make sure you go back to our first couple of episodes of little birdie podcast you got top rope and mg's futures plays there but um let's have a look at the premiership market we'll get some odds up on the screen now and we've got the premiership odds so richmond 460
2: mark yeah i'm um listen you can't help but not be impressed by richmond um i know they were beating probably their bunnies in carlton again Mm. but Geez, their side only missing uh, Cochin and Hooley. Um, they just don't look like they've dropped off at all from last year. Um, and with probably only four other five sides that can win the comp, in my opinion. Um, if you like Richmond, yep. I just think the next two rounds as well, that they'll probably get to 3-0 before they've, they've got a little tough stretch um, after that. But I just can't see n- now with both Geelong and Brisbane losing, mm. I don't think their price is going to get too much bigger. So if you like Richmond, um, I'd, I'd probably buy in at the 460.
1: Yeah, they look like they're enjoying their footy, which is crucial. And you just touched upon Geelong and Brisbane. Off the back of those losses, 550 the Cats, 850 Brisbane. You did tip up Brisbane to win the flag after that first round. Is it too early yeah. to tell? Obviously Cam Rain has gone down, but um, are you buying or, or no, selling him? Um,
2: I'm going to hold on both at this stage if I, if I had a ticket on them. Um, I'm going to look the other way with both these sides. I just think with the draw coming up, you know, one of these teams is obviously going to be zero and two unless there's a draw. Um, but their next three and four week stretches for both teams are pretty soft, so I think they can get both can get back uh, ahead of the count. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they're going to have to win their fair share of games to get to the top four. But the loser of this ga- game, um, yeah. especially Brisbane, I think they'll get out to maybe ten or eleven dollars if they do lose this game. I'm g- I'm probably going to reload. Yep. So uh, I'm not jumping off either team at the moment. I know one's going to be 0-2, but I'd stick with both for now.
1: Mm. We bumped into a couple of SA uh, troops that had made their way for the the live stream last week, and and one of the guys in the room had $5,000 on Port Adelaide at around $8, I think, the price he got there. But Port Adelaide are now into $6, which to me looks a touch skinny now. But they look
2: okay, but they've only beaten the Kangas Buy, sell or hold. Uh, if you've got your ticket, you're happy um, <laughs> at, at the $8, and you're obviously holding. I'm certainly not buying at the $6. Um, as you said, we know they're kangaroos. Um, they've got Essendon this week. I'm not rushing in to buy here. They've got a real tough st- stretch through rounds three to seven, um, play a lot of good quality sides. So um, I think Port, you'll get a better price than the $6 at some stage before round seven.
1: Okay, who are you putting the pen through? Any uh, Any
2: big sells? Uh, I'm not sure I'm putting the pen through necessarily Although I'm definitely selling And you know I mean I know these are mid-table teams But I can't have Melbourne at $21 um, And Collingwood at $26 Or way under mine I'd be staggered if any bookies are right bets $26 at Collingwood Even you with your money you're not, you're, you're not taking $26, Collingwood, in my opinion.
1: Okay, and then uh, what about these three teams, West Coast, Western Bulldogs and St Kilda? Are they buys or holds at this stage?
2: No, they all got the wins, um, and and I think you're, you're pretty happy with all, all three of those at the moment. Obviously, two of them play each other this week, um, and I know I'm tipping against St Kilda, um, but I think St Kilda, they should make the eight. I've got a lot of injuries and stuff like that, so I'm holding all three of those.
1: Uh, what about the Hawkers? you buying the Hawks?
2: <laughs> uh, I didn't actually see. The, they got no forward line. I didn't actually see them listed in the Premiership. Master. <laughs> Were they on the next page? No, they're. Uh, yeah, I, I, they got no forward line.
1: I was. Head in hands. It's going to be a miracle if uh, we have to cherish that Essendon win because there's not many left in us, that's for sure. All right, Uh, (laughs) let's kick across to the Brownlow market. We've got the market up on screen. Thanks to topsport.com.au, Australia's biggest betting bookmaker. We've got Brownlow market here. Uh, Who are your buys in the Brownlow markets? There'd be a couple of guys that are are humming at the moment, only off the first game, but...
2: Yeah, um, well, Martin they've obviously reacted to greatly. And, I mean, he nailed on three. I don't think there's any great surprise there. He's a standout and a very good side. Um, I'm surprised Neil's got the drift that quickly Mm. uh, um, for a side that... He's going to be in the top four. Yeah, and his record piling's outstanding. I, I think they've just reacted a bit too much. I'd be, you know, if you're looking to bet there, eight seventy-five. Neil's good. Uh is another one that keeps improving. You know, he's not going to
1: have too many players take votes off
2: him. Maybe that big max. It's the same guys: mm. Oliver, Petrarca, Brayshaw. They were all there.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, S May was probably the fourth one in that round that got votes. But Petraka at nineteen dollars, he's he, he represents some value. I'm holding on Bonson Pally. Um you know he he's in a tough team. I get that, um, but he's he's going to be a bit like Martin De Richmond, but mine when he plays good and McRae and all that around him. I think Bond gets the votes. Mm. And then your cells are
1: uh, Nat Fife and Patrick Cripps. Wow, notable pollers.
2: Balls on the line here. Well, yeah, maybe. Well, <laughs> um, well we kind of we said we said in the lead ups of the season that um, I wouldn't be touching these two at these prizes. Uh, yeah. I know Fife's an unbelievable piler. But he's in a terrible side. are yeah. not gonna get the wins. I don't think so. At eight seventy five, um, you know, I'm I'm quite happy with Neil and Fife at both eight seventy five. Uh if top sports want to lay me a head to head, I know which one I'd be on. Um and Crips, uh, at ten dollars. I just think he's a bit beaten up, Crips. I'm not sure he's he's travelling as well as people think. Um and he didn't pile on the weekend, so I'm not buying into Crips either at the ten dollars. This thing is too short.
1: Mm-hmm. We've got uh, Tom Lynch as the uh, the current favourite in the Coleman Medal with uh, Tom Hawkins on seven dollars. So Tom Lynch six dollars, Hawkins seven dollars, Charlie Dixon eight, Joe Danaher, hurt nine fifty. Um, I can't re- I can't believe my eyes. What I'm reading here on the run sheet it says that. Uh, you're all of a sudden on Orazio fantastic! You gave this guy in the preseason a massive bake, saying you know he's no good. He, he's true. never he's never really done it yet. He needs to perform, and all of a sudden, off a practice match and one game, Mark, all of a sudden you're buying him for the
2: Colin Medal. You got to be kidding me, mate! I'll have to check the replay whether I gave him a bake or not. Uh, yeah, what, I said he's he- yet to prove himself. Yeah, that's true because he hadn't got on the park. Right, uh, change of environment, <laughs> change of environment. A bit like Danaher, uh, uh, you know, it might work for him. Um, but I'm more impressed with the uh, the amount of shots he's had on goal. Um, he's had 14 shots on goal in the last, you know, two games that he's played. I know one was a practice match, but he only played a half as well. Um, he's just getting a lot of opportunities because he's, he's, he just doesn't have defenders running with him. Um, and Port loved to get the ball out the back. And that's his wheelhouse. So um, I'm not saying he can win the Coleman Medal. Um, I don't, I'm not sure the last time a small forward won a Coleman. Um, but you'd spec him at a hundred to one. Mm. I think you know he, he's entitled up. to average maybe two and a half, two two and a half goals. I know he's got to stay on the park. Mm. But
1: and maybe the, ga- the, the game, the state of the games change. Maybe it's going to suit these these smaller forwards. I pray to God, being a mm. Hawthorne supporter, that that's
2: true. Yeah, it was a quiet week for the big forwards, but that, they'll come back obviously. Um, uh, the, uh, the other one I just wanted to touch on at a bit of value is also Oscar Allen, which might surprise you out of West Coast. I'm not even sure you know who he is. No, I know him. Oh, you know him? Sweet. Yeah, no. um, I saw him.
1: He, was, he, was, he got a, a couple of goals early, or he was in the play early, but yeah, I find I... that hard to believe with Josh Kennedy uh, up forward and Jack Darling... Third, no, third, 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 third rung down. I, I, can't have him for the Coleman.
2: But I think the way that West Coast, watching the replay, the way West Coast set up is they were almost using Kennedy as a decoy. Mm. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be a decoy for the whole <laughs> year. Don't get me wrong. The big rooster will go back and say Oscar. You know, out of my way. Seriously, got to earn yeah. my paycheck. But he's improved. He's come on. He might just chip away for long enough to uh, to have a little buy there at at a big spec as well. You know, you only have to average three goals and you're in the in the Coleman a week. He kicks straight too. He doesn't miss too many, so he's not like your mate Himmelberg. (laughs) And what about your cell here?
1: The poor old Texan. He's just got himself back into form. He's kicked five snags against the Cats, and you've got him as a cell. Nasty. Please, $21. <laughs> Can't fucking
2: unders. Hey? He's <laughs> missing a zero. $21. Um, Charlie Cameron as well, $17? Charlie Car- Cameron worries me. The new setup with Brisbane, mm. he's um, – I'm not saying he's cracked the shits. He's a professional athlete, <laughs> but his attitude's not great, uh, and the coach needs to get around him quickly, I reckon, to get his head in the ga- game because they're a much better side, obviously, with him up and firing. But the traffic's just not going through him anymore. Big Joey D's De- taken taking over that, and Hipwood needs his time as well. Um, Cameron at $17, you can't entertain.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. If you want uh, to jump onto Mark's action and get his early plays and get all his plays, uh, with the free one that we're giving out this week is definitely GWS. He thinks that market will flip. He thinks the Fremantle form is a little bit average, so he's got a three-and-a-half unit play there. All subscribers, a part of AFL Stings, are already on board that one. But you can sign up for the uh, the rest of the six weeks, for the first six weeks of AFL season, for $77, head to Little Birdie Pod Shop to check that out. But um, if you're doing the form this week, end for the ponies. uh, One of our big sponsors is puntingform.com.au You can actually buy the raw data if you want to model your horse racing. You can buy the raw data there or you can get an online subscription. You can use a black book service. They have got the lot. So make sure you drop the boys at puntingform.com.au a line and they'll help you getting set on your betting journey and you will become a smarter punter. That's for sure. Once people take it up they don't usually go backwards. That's for sure. Up next we're going to talk Hall of Fame with our favourite man of rugby League. Not Peter Valandis. we've got Top Rope Tadeshi joining us from the flood stricken New South Wales. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of professional punters, And there's no Darcy Spinks, she's sunning herself up in Brisbane. But Mark the Kid, MG Goodwill, is here, and it's time for Hall of Fame, and it's Top Rope Tadeshi time. The rugby league is up and about, and so is Nick Tadeshi. Welcome, Nick.
0: Thanks very much, security Up and about, uh, uh, exciting times! Uh, uh, exciting times for, for, for sport, really. It's uh, footy seasons are back. How good? How how good is uh, uh, just time to be alive at the moment? Yeah, <laughs> we were talking. Uh, we're talking. Yeah, round one of the AFL, round two of the, of the league, two in the book. It's just it's the same rhythm for the for for the rest of the year. How bloody good!
1: And we are in gear, and the US Masters is just around the corner too, so we'll have to get big daddy Adam Fraser, and I know that you love the golf. Bryson's up and about, and you'll be up and about for all the golf action, so it's not long until we get to go to Augusta and watch the big boys roll around. Not sure how Tiger's doing. Um, I-, I think he's on the mend. But um, <laughs> Hall of Fame. Let's, uh, let's talk Hall of Fame. Last week we put in Marky, Mark Wahlberg, who's done that absolute howling ad for Ladbrokes. Points better got one on Shaq. He couldn't be too far away. But a little nasty Hall of Fame nominee for me is Harrison Jones from Essendon. He's kicked the Bombers out of the game last week. That's, you know, he's a possible contender given I'm a Hall supporter and he was pivotal in getting us over the line. And we've already spoken about goal kicking early in the show. Um, Another one, I could probably nominate Steve Fletcher. I don't know if everyone gets the Asian racing set amongst us three guys, but. He tipped Skydarcy, in. I tell you what, Joe Marrera, Hall of Fame, Magic Man. He what a ride! Ads. What a ride! What a ride! On the fence, exactly. And eight dollars. It was the perfect tonic. Right at the end of the weekend, there was a couple of sick beats throughout the weekend. So I reckon Fletcher's Asia set, which is just starting to hum. The last couple of weeks have been absolutely fat. I think uh, I think they're in the uh, they're in the running for the Hall of Fame. Who have you got this week, Top Right? Well, you
0: know what, Scooty? You, you, you throw nominations up, and I haven't accepted any. <laughs> in the past, but, you know, I was gonna—I was gonna really indulge this week. I was gonna—I was gonna nominate Australian Matt Jones, who I uh, managed to find at eighty to one to win the uh, the golf on the weekend. So, yeah. uh, and also also managed to first round lead at uh, seventy to one. So, uh, I was gonna really indulge in Matt Jones, who's quickly become my favourite Australian sportsman. After a little bit, a bit of playing
1: early from top right,
0: uh, but I. I think we, we we would be remiss not to put Fletch in there, wouldn't we? Yeah, you know, his Asian sets flying. Uh, what a long, long history of, of 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 great Australian moments from from the great man. Uh, all he does is deliver winners left, right, and centre. So why don't we have to put Fletch in? Well, that'd I- be the right thing to do, wouldn't it?
1: Might even fire in a protest, Mark. Money Valley Nights. We had Bagman and Eagle, John Kelton, turn a fifty dollar unit into eighty dollar return for the fifty dollar invested. Surely that's a little bit of a protest there. Bagman and Eagle should nearly get in the Hall of Fame. Top right?
0: You get the final goal. I'll, 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 I'll tell you this: I, I, the first time I've seen a protest against oneself. Find into the stewards but uh, uh, uh I'm going to stick with Fletcher I think the long serving issue these guys they put in again they find a winner again getting into the Hall of Fame one shout not getting into the Hall Fletcher all he does is tip winners all he does <laughs> is tip winners and not the worst Will Ferrell lookalike either so there's your double he's in
1: Fletcher's Asian racing set has made the Hall of Fame. Steve Fletcher to get out stakes late doors on Sunday afternoon. Sky Darcy saluting at $8 in the Hong Kong Derby. And I tell you what, it is one of the best punting cards of the calendar year in Hong Kong. It, the, they, the form just runs absolutely straight. And if you've got a good judge uh, that does Hong Kong or Fletch or Hutch or someone like that, they absolutely just hit the line. I think Champions Day is in about a month's time. And I think I've locked myself in for a couple of beers with uh, the great Clint Hutchison from Racing.com. So... Thoughts and prayers there, and we may even have little kick-ons here at the little birdie lair, but Fletcher Asian set is a great addition to the Hall of Fame. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and we'll get back to Rugby League, which is uh, absolutely top-rope Tadeshi's wheelhouse. There's some uh, some big, big stories in the NRL at the moment, and if you're doing your form on the weekend or in Hong Kong, punningform.com.au is the best online database that you can find. It has 100-metre and 200-metre increments for all Hong Kong races, so if you want to get stuck into Hong Kong racing, you need puntingform.com.au. We'll take a break, Rugby League next. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of pro punters. Mark, the kid MG, AFL Sting is here with me, but it's top rope Tadeshi time, he takes centre stage, and we're talking all things Rugby League, top rope the first one, Jay, Sorry, jo- Joey Lulea from the West Tigers. Does he have the concrete boots on or what? It looked like a heavy eight or heavy ten up there for the West and Roosters game, but it looked like the Roosters players were operating on a fast two. Their ball skills were absolutely electric, and poor old Joey and the rest of the West Tigers team. They are
0: cactus. A heavy eight. Are you, uh, are you one of the Victorian stewards there, uh, sweetie? It was a heavy <laughs> ten attacky. On a, on a Friday <laughs> afternoon, race nine, on the inside pet A heavy 14. Uh, the Tigers, absolutely legless at the moment. Uh, Le Lua, uh rightfully dropped this week. He is, you know, the term enigmatic is thrown around a bit. You know, I prefer to use the word, you know, completely ordinary. That's two words, but anyway. Uh, he is lazy. He is dumb. And he got absolutely exploited last week by the chooks. They, uh, I think they scored six tries down his side. He was completely exposed, lazy, off the ball, uh, has been dropped this week. He, it was an idiotic decision by Coach Michael McGuire to play Joey and his brother on the same side. Uh, they've been up two weeks in a row. He's been dropped. He is no good. But you, you bring up a fair point uh, there, Scoot. The gap between the, the, the best and worst teams in the comp this year is widening and, yeah, I am the uh, number one ticket holder in the PVL cheerleader squad, <laughs> but these new rules are, are certainly doing nothing for parity with the game, that's for
1: sure. Mm, even Mark picked it up, didn't you, Mark?
2: Yeah, we watched a replay the other day of Roosters and uh, Wes, and it's, uh, the difference is stark, isn't it? So it's crazy. And you'd think as the year goes on with the depth of players and things like that, it'll only get wider.
1: Yeah, yep. and we picked up the South match as well, and those... Faster sides. And you nearly saw Storm play themselves out of a, an impossible position. Uh, the Parramatta Eels are up and about early, aren't they, top rope? But the Storm, South Sydney Rabbitohs and the Roosters, gee, they're quick and they look good when they've got the ball. And, yeah,
0: and, there's a clear, and Panthers. there's a clear top, 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 oh, probably top five. You can probably put Parramatta in the top six at the moment. But uh, is the Storm, South Roosters. Panthers haven't conceded a point this year. And quite all less to where the Raiders and the Eels... Uh, are just blowing teams off the market, and the difference. Like, there is no doubt that these new rules, as we saw on, on on Thursday night, lead to fantastic games when there's two good teams playing each other. They lead to pretty good games when there are uh, um, when there are uh, 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 two ordinary teams playing. When a good side plays a bad side, the momentum is ridiculous. These are, we've had seven instances this year. When the top, a top 16 from last year has played a bottom 16 the margins have been 8, 42, 24, 18 28, 14, 34 that's 6 minuses covering out of 7 uh, and 4 of those wins were away from home So, uh, and like 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 the kid said this is round 1 and round 2 teams are pretty much full strength as as Liskin tested injuries take hold throughout the year this has got to get worse, worse, worse so uh, yeah, look, it, it, the rules are great when the good teams play each other, but when a good team plays a bad team, things are getting very ugly. And from a punching point of view, this is this will be uh, take the minus for, until the bookies overreact. I, I get the feeling it's going to be a while, but I don't know if they can make these lines big enough at the moment.
1: Mm. And what about you, Top Row? We're big about accountability and keeping people honest, but Penrith Panthers, you sort of had a bit of a slow for them this year. They've come out of the blocks, As you said, no-one scored a point against them. What are your early
0: thoughts? Uh, they play the Cowboys and the Dogs, so my views haven't changed on Penrith too much, to be honest. (laughs) Um, uh, Oh, look, they've been good. I I expect them to start the regular season pretty well. I think I had them in for fifth, so it wasn't wasn't too harsh on them. I I think that their roster lacks a bit of depth. Cleary may be out this week. You know, I'm I'm not rushing to write them off and think they're going to miss the eight or anything like that, but my views pre-season haven't changed. They've They've had no competition so far, so... Uh, and, and a little bit the same with the Roofs, just to be honest. Like they've, they've been super impressive in two wins. Yeah, they're just manly in the Tigers, but they haven't, they haven't played anyone yet. So both of those teams have really impressed against ordinary sides. The, the one thing I probably have changed my view on is, is perhaps Parramatta, who uh, were really, really good against the Storm. They beat the Storm. Uh, wasn't expecting it. They uh, uh they showed a patient discipline, which which has kind of been unlike Parramatta over the last few years. So not prepared if I talk to them up, but I, I think I had to initiate this year. Uh, they do certainly be part of the, the, the kind of elite six teams, that's for sure. Mm,
1: King Gutho and Sir Blake Ferguson are just playing out of their skin, aren't they?
0: Your, your, man, your man, Sir Blake. Otherwise, <laughs> overpaid women in a conference. <laughs>
1: Oh, he needs it for that uh, for that bent nose. Now, the Penrith <laughs> Panthers, there's some be- there's- this is their litmus test. They got the storm Thursday night. What an absolute cracking start. It's a cracking round of NRL, but uh, I'm, nearly, I'm nearly a convert. The greatest game of all. I'm, it's now seeping into my melon, a slow load of it. What do we need?
0: What do we need, to? How do
1: we get you over the line here? I just need more TVs. I think in the lounge room and the South <laughs> Premiership. <laughs> oh, let's have a look at the betting. Uh, Panthers Stadium Thursday night. We've got Penrith one eighty-five into $1.83 at Top at and the Storm a slightly easy one ninety-five out to one ninety-seven top rope. Uh,
0: yeah, what surprise you? I, I like the Storm here. I think it's it's a cracking game. Grand final you know, replay from last year. Uh, I think this game is pretty made. Uh, the, the Storm are in a good spot here. Uh, they are really good off a loss. They've covered uh, nine of their last 11 off a loss. They've covered 10 of 15 off a loss at night. They've covered 16 away from Amy Parr. Covered 12 of 18 off scoring, 12 or fewer. Uh, Penrith have clearly in doubt. he will probably play. Look, they'll be up for this game. They go well at home, the Panthers, but I'll, I'll, I've got to be with the Storm in this one, particularly in odds against. Uh, they're definitely the day for one.
1: Mm. And the uh, the total started to get on the march there too, 14.5 to 38.5. How's Panthers Stadium going to cope with the wet?
0: Uh, it'll be an unders game for the life of you. Clearly best bet of this game, I, I think. Uh, unders hit 13 of the last 19 clashes. Uh, it's 14-9 when Melbourne are off a the lot They buckled down. 11-5 when Penrose are off the seat 10 or fewer. Uh, the Panthers have gone well under in both games this year. I think it will be a bit sloppy out there.
1: I, I like the under a lot of this one. Mm, Can't wait to watch this one. It's going to be a much better spectacle than Collingwood Carlton, that's for sure. So I will be dialing in, and my game of choice this week will be Penrith Panthers and Storm over the AFL. Now, Friday night, we've got the Mighty Bunnies. Scooty's team, we've got the Roosters 165, Boonwa's 226, and the line 3.5. top rope Tadeshi Stadium Australia, Friday night.
0: Uh should be a ripping game. Uh this is I would suggest this will be the game that will will, yeah, possibly indicate who, who the other grand finalist will be outside of the storm. Uh <laughs> I, 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 like, I like the Roosters in this one. Uh not a huge amount of confidence, but I, I yeah, the Roosters will beat sixty to eight the last time these two teams met in round twenty. That will have stung, that will have sat in the memory of the Roosters all summer. They've come out firing. Those two wins were absolutely aimed at getting to this match and being prepared to win this game. Victor Radley back, Angus Crichton back. uh, A bit of money for the troops as well. They are – what I like about the Roosters is they are excellent at holding form. They have covered seven of eight off scoring 40. They've covered nine of 13 off conceding six or fewer. When they defend well, they attack well. That tends to hold up. So – yeah, there's no knock on South. South have been, have been very good in both games this year, but I, I think the Roosters are the value hit. Best bet in the game now? The over. The over has hit in the last three between these two, uh, in 18 and 12 since 2008. But it's in 12, 18 Roosters night games, 53% of the South, so an underdog in New South Wales. Well, I think the uh, over is a very nice bet in this one. Mm-hmm. Well, we got the line of top sport now. screen.
1: Forty-three and a half. So yeah, it's moved a little bit there. Forty-two and a half to forty-three and a half. But um, it's still an okay. It's still a soft number there. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see yeah. South Sydney, Sydney on a complete bog uh, against Manly. Uh, all I could think about was watching that replay. Was how good it'd be to be up in the uh, up in a corporate box and then kick on to Hugo's at Manly. I would've <laughs> I would have thought that would be the, the only play there. It'd be interesting to see how many of these sides are a bit leg weary. I know it's a little bit of a theory that we used to use in AFL matches, but nearly every side's coming off an absolute bog. But you'd hope Stadium Australia, we sort of describe it as a bit of a cow paddock when we watch GWS run around there. So hopefully they've got the drainage sorted there. Now it's a very slow,
0: it's a very slow ground typically. I uh, understand mm-hmm. so uh, that's always the worry of it. They didn't play there last week in the NRL so. Uh, I am hopeful with you. The Draves will be pretty
1: good there. and uh, it will be good to go. It hasn't had a lot of action, lately. Really. Mm, they might not have um, yeah, kicked it up too badly. All right, the milk, Canberra. Uh, Saturday afternoon, Geo Stadium at 3 o'clock. We've got Canberra, 125. The Warriors, $4. And it's a pretty big line here, 10.5 top rope. The total is 42.5. Thoughts here?
0: Yeah, give me the plus. I know we were talking up the minus. Good team, pretty bad team uh warriors aren't a bad team they are they sit probably in the that echelon of teams kind of on the fringe of the eight canberra probably the bottom of those good teams so i uh, look like i think there have been a couple of key outs for the warriors chanel harris to meet at the halfback uh side level with a foot injury jermaine Tanua brown suspended I, I think they're kind of cover for that okay though the warriors have some really good numbers in this game from a Pure statistical point of view, the Warriors are a clear bet here. Uh, covered nine of the last 10 as a dog, seven straight day games, eight of 11 off a loss, uh, five straight, getting eight or more points. The Raiders covered just eight of 22 day games at Canberra, 19 of 46. The market overrates the Raiders' home ground advantage. Uh, always happy to bet against them, uh, particularly as a big favourite at home. So I will be on the Warriors plus here and I think they can keep this pretty tight. Mm,
1: and it's, uh, it's a pretty good weather forecast for Canberra as well. Let's uh let's kick across to the Saturday night game. We're just doing the blockbusters here. Blockbuster talent, Nick Tadeshi. You can get his full set on the Little Birdie shop for $55 for the first six rounds. So we're just dropping the price as the rounds roll on. You can buy the whole season too if you're that way inclined. But we're going to cover the blockbusters. So Parramatta Eels versus Cronulla is another cracking game at 7.35 at Bank West Stadium. We've got the Parramatta Eels 137. We've got Cronulla three dollars ten and the line seven and a half total 39 thirty nine and a half top row Bronson Sherry four year ban.
0: Yeah, four year ban. We haven't seen him for a while. Uh, <laughs> so if there's, if, there's, if there's one if there's one good bet you can get, it is betting uh, betting the no change and an appeal and a drugs test. Geez, have any of them ever looked? <laughs> no, great history there. Uh, uh, the, Sharks, the Sharks might be the most disrespected team in betting in the NRL. Uh, I'm stunned at this line of 7.5, absolutely stunned. I, you know, I'm at this game a three-and-a-half point game. The Sharks are probably you know, just on the inside of the, the fringe of the eight at the moment in terms of where they're, 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 they're on in power rankings. They're very good as an underdog. They've covered 58% in four or more. Did the job against the Raiders last week. Uh, Here's some numbers for the Eels that will really turn you off laying a big, a big number here. They are two and thirteen against the spread when favored by six and a half or more for a win. They are five and nineteen against the spread when favored by more than a converted try. Uh, they're not good. They're not good as big favorites. They are a team consistently overrated by the market. They will undoubtedly have been up for that storm game. They hate the storm probably more than any other team. I, I, I love the Sharkies here. Very very keen on them. We'll be steaming into the
1: and top rope uh Ggoa subscribers would have already taken the flat eight there so the line is on the move eight into seven and a half uh the other big big bet that uh top rope likes from just a little sum up of his bets here is the under 48 and a half into 38 and a half in the storm penrith game so if you're watching that game on Thursday night is the 38 and a half still value would you uh still oh, chime into I'll, the 38 and hold half? A bit less
0: the I at 36 36 a, a very good bet at 38 and a half. And uh, I, I, I this is not a weather-related bit. Any weather is just a bonus at the moment. Uh, I, I can see this game going well and truly over.
1: Fantastic stuff, Top Rope. If you want to check out more of his stuff, make sure you head to the Little Birdie shop. It is great value and very in depth analysis. You get his full run sheets on all games, and it is great reading if you're into rugby league. Now, we're going to have to pull you up a little bit. The the next segment we're talking about is Lock of the Week, and all proceeds of Lock of the Week go to raise.org.au. They're a mentoring program for kids in high school. They are quick on interventions to make sure that kids get back on the right track. It is a fantastic organisation, so we've chosen that as our charity. So once the uh, the Lock of the Week accumulators get to $5,000, let us hope we can get there, we're going to donate that $5,000 prize to raise.org.au, thanks to topsport.com.au. Now, Mark Goodwill. I, I sort of gave him a little bit of stick from last week. I, I I bagged him a little bit. So it's $200 all up each week. So he's had his $200 on Richmond at $1.33 last week. They've SP'd $1.22, so he's got $266 to play with. And poor old top rope Tadeshi. He got the market right. There was the big money for New Zealand Warriors. He went very balls on the line early to... Uh, just to try and one-up the AFL expert, Mark, but it sort of bit him in the ass. So the Warriors, a bit unlucky last week, but top rope, you got to bounce back and you need to do it for charity. So who is your $200 lock of the week? Are you going to pull your head in or are you going to go large?
0: Do they have an intervention program for uh, Indian gamblers? Because if they do, <laughs> sign me up. I'm, I'm required. Uh, look, I'm going to take a common sense approach this week. I'm going to take... Uh, Take the lead of, of the great MG, and I'm just going to go very because I want to get the feet moving, get the runs at the board. <laughs> I want to be on uh Newcastle straight out, what about a dollar, dollar 30, dollar 25? There, Scoot? very concerning. <laughs> just want to give something for the kids, I'm going to it something for the kids.
2: Build the bank, I like it. Build the bank back to uh, back to
1: the basics 200 by a dollar 32. Newcastle Knights as lock of the week versus uh, the West Tigers. All right, MG, showing a pair, a clean pair of heels out in front, $266. <laughs> is your balance, the ties? Showing his pair, this is
0: this is got yeah. exciting all of a
2: sudden. Very, very, <laughs> very small lead, 1-0. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to try and extend the lead a bit this week, put a bit of pressure on the top rope and get uh, first the, the 5K mark. So I'm actually going to go a total this week at uh, the ninety. $1.90, yeah. and my game's going to be Port against Essendon over the 176.5.
1: Over 176.5 on Port Adelaide versus Essendon. Fantastic stuff at Adelaide over there. And Orazio Fantasia will have to kick a hat full of goals. Controversial there. Top rope, we'll let you uh, move on with the rest of your life. Thanks for joining us yet again. Been fantastic. Can't wait for next week.
0: Always a pleasure, Tim. Can't wait for next week.
1: Our lock of the week segment is for raise.org.au. They are a charity that provides mentors for secondary school kids. We think it's a great way to spend our money from our accumulator section. But uh, that's all we've got time for. Top rope, fantastic. Very entertaining, as usual, and we've had Mark's analysis on all of the AFL big issues round one and a little bit of a preview for round two. Make sure you head to the shop if you want their full betting staking plans. These guys are some of the best in the business, that's for sure. Been a fantastic show. I've nearly killed you, Mark. No Darcy, and you've got this Melbourne strain of flu that's going around, this non-COVID cough. I think you're going to have to get on the Bonox and uh, under the doona and just strap yourself in for a big week. And you've got the slipper on Saturday. That'll nearly kill you, big fella.
2: Yeah, let's not build it up too much. They might not let me into the state, Mm. New South Wales. So I'll be right to go. I'll shake it off today and tomorrow and uh, be ready to go live Saturday. You'll uh, see me reporting back next week with a few good stories, hopefully. Should be uh, very, very entertaining. Good luck to the crew.
1: Profiteer, Roll the Dice Racing. They have got one of the hot pots, and he is all the rage at the moment. It's going to be interesting to see a couple of little angles if some of those horses haven't been able to work on some of those tracks up in Sydney, so be wary there. But uh great round of AFL and NRL. Can't wait for Panthers versus Storm. It's going to be an absolute cracker. Carlton Collingwood, traditional rivals, tee off. Uh, for the first match there. So Thursday night footy, it is the absolute tonic after a gutful of maths all week. Sunday through to Wednesday, it is the perfect tonic. So make sure you grab that remote and you steer it all weekend. Uh, Head to the shop if you want the boys' tips, but uh, like us, rate us, follow us on the Apple podcast. We're on Spotify. You can watch us. You can see our ugly mugs on YouTube. Um, we are everywhere and we're on SoundCloud as well. So uh, tune in and stay tuned to us. We'll see you next week. Happy punting.